a podcast for dads who love music, made by dads who love music. And now, your hosts, Josh and Joe. Hello, and welcome to Dad Rocks, the podcast about being a dad and loving music and how the two intersect in our lives. I'm Josh, and I'm here with my co-host, Joe. What's up, Josh? And our producer, Steve. Hey, guys. On today's episode, we are going to forego our usual life updates and skip any discussion on parenting, as we have a very special guest. He is someone all three of us are huge fans of, and someone we have mentioned on almost every episode on this show, musical artist Neil Francis. Neil, welcome to Dad Rocks. Yo, what's up? <laughs> How have you been? I've been uh, I've been good. I've been uh, been working in the stew all day. It's been uh, it's been a good day. Now, Josh mentioned that we're all huge fans of yours. I just wanted to give you a little backstory how we became fans of yours. Um, I saw a, a post on Facebook from my buddy and someone we just had on the podcast, Adam Shanker. Late October 2019, he posted your music, and uh, I clicked on the link, and I immediately gravitated towards it. Oh, right on. And I immediately sent it to Josh, Steve, and some of our other friends. I knew they would love it, and they did. They, we, we all ended up buying your vinyl, and we all dug right in. I started playing your stuff on my radio show, Kick Out the Jams. Almost every week, I just couldn't get enough of it. And I ended up Hell playing yeah. two of your singles that you released after Changes that you released in 2020, probably the most. Um, How Have You Lived, Reprise, and Don't Call Me No More. Oh, sweet, man. So I just became became a huge fan all year of your stuff. I will say, in full honesty, uh, when I heard Don't Call Me No More, it didn't hit me the the way your other stuff hit me, but that groove, that bridge, the instrumental breakdown Mm -hmm. was where I was like, okay, this guy is worth listening to. And then I went to Spotify, listened to Changes, heard those first few notes of this time, and was... Totally in. I was like, okay, this this dude is, I'm all about him. Immediately went and had to buy the gold vinyl. I tried to restart my music blog and wrote about your album. And then then we did this podcast instead. But I, I have to say, anyone who I know who may like this music, I mean, I was in my ENT back in February. The first time I met the dude and we were talking music and I was like, you have to check this guy out and like played him your stuff on his computer. That That's like, dude, you guys are the best. We, we absolutely <laughs> love, <laughs> I, we absolutely love your stuff. I don't man. know. Yeah. I, I won't swear because it's a family program, but man, you guys are really like, you're making me blush over here. That's, that, I, I'm an early adopters too of, uh, you know, October 2019 is pretty early in the, in the history. Yep. Basically, this whole 
pandemic, we've been just indulging in your music and all the stuff you've been putting out. How has the last year been for you? I know when March hit, you I guess you were on tour or going to be about to go on another tour. So how's the whole last year been for you? It's been roller coaster, you know, like everybody. I mean, I just had my buddy Rudy DeAnda over here today. He's another Karma Chief artist. We just started living in Chicago recently. Humanity has really gone through the ringer last year and I I mean like I'm so grateful for this time for so many reasons because I was stuck in one place in this church I live in and uh, just like I've assembled all this recording equipment and I didn't know how to use any of it I was just kind of here and rode a wave of just all the emotions wrote a new record and recorded that record here at the church and it's in the bag you know and we've got a potential release schedule that I don't think I'm allowed to announce yet, but we will be sure to announce it when we find out. Yeah, whenever you post, for sure. No, we we'll let you know. We'll be the, out. amongst <laughs> the first to know. Sooner than later, yes. I'm assuming. Uh, I'm thinking fall is going to be the nice. the awesome LP. Now we know you're based in Chicago, but you before we started recording, you dropped a bomb on us that you were born in <laughs> Jersey. Yeah, so awesome. uh, that's right, Joe. Uh, I was uh, yeah. I was born. I've got Livingston, New Jersey on my birth certificate. Essex County, baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Essex, me. And me. Yeah. Yeah. I think all of us. Oh, no, I mean, Steve's, County. Steve's, Steve's, Steve's from transplant. Ohio. But I'm a transplant, transplant. but I, I'll, I'll hold the Montclair Essex County to my, well, my bones. I mean, that's kind of the way I am with Chicago, right? So, like, you know, my dad moved back here with us when I was probably, like, one and a half. So, I don't remember New Jersey at all. There's some VHS footage <laughs> and Montclair looks very much like Oak Park, which is where I ended up living, the closest suburb to Chicago, basically. Yeah, my dad was born and raised here in Chicago, and I, I've spent my entire life here. I've never lived anywhere else, and it's it's home, you know? So it's like, awesome. yeah. I don't get to say born and raised, but... I still do. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you know, being from New Jersey is not a, ba- a bad thing if you're no, a musician. No, it's not. Lot, you know, it's not. So. It gets a lot of guff, you know. Like it does. It, Jersey gets a lot of, for weird reasons, like I don't understand why, you know, there's, there's, there's more things to love about it than to hate about it, for sure. I find myself always defending Jersey to people. Yeah. I yep. have to. Yeah. I'll, oh, yeah. I'll defend Jersey with you. <laughs> yeah. You're one of us. You know? Yeah. Yeah. When did you start? I mean, you're, you're an amazing keyboardist. You're an amazing piano player. Um, when did you start playing piano? And were there any other instruments that you played growing up? I think I started playing piano when I was like three. And I got lessons when I was four. I was playing organ in church and piano from an early age. It wasn't like gospel music. It was very traditional Catholic church. So... You know, got exposed to a lot of amazing music from an early age. My parents have great taste in music. My dad worked for a big production company here in Chicago during the 70s. So he had stories for days about all the shows he used to work. And so I just developed like a real fascination and love of music, all different types of music from show tunes to classical to ragtime to funk to R&B to classic rock, everything in between, you know? So I got a really great musical education that way. And I played in band. I, I almost picked up trombone, but I stuck with piano. What'd you play in <laughs> band? Did you, were you talking jazz band? You played yeah, jazz band. I played piano. They were like, you're already good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you're hired. 
Yeah. And so I was just in jazz ensemble in high school and in college too. I was nice. studying architecture in college. Oh, wow. Where did you, uh, where did you study? I went to UIC. I was politely asked to leave my sophomore year. <laughs> but, um, well, archi- I mean, architecture is not the easiest uh, major. I, I had I had some friends at Maryland who were architecture majors and were in marching band with me, and they had to quit marching band because they used to have to, like, sleep at the architecture building. Yeah, it's serious. It's like, you know, you got to be fully on board with it, just like music. It's almost as... I was just talking about this on another interview. It's like the chances of you making it as an architect doing what you want to do are almost as small as in music, you know, because it's just like, look around us. There's not that many cool buildings going up these days. So sadly. Yeah. But I don't know. It was, it was hard to do. I had a monkey on my back at that time too. So it was like kind of hard to do anything to a really good degree. (laughs) We talked about on on our very first episode about how our parents uh, influenced us. And, you know, my dad, I feel like was very similar influentially to me, I grew up listening to Motown, grew up listening to New Orleans music, grew up listening to like a lot of different wide range of stuff. He used to grab me and take me to jazz clubs. What were you, you know, you're a little bit younger than me. You're 32, right? I think. Mm-hmm. So we were all, you know, we were, we all grew up in the 90s like through the grunge era. You're a little bit younger. So when you were a teen, you know, that the huge early 2000s, White Stripes, uh, Strokes, you know, Radiohead type stuff was really hitting big. Rock was on its way back. But yet you showed that you were wearing your dad's journey shirt on a social media <laughs> post. Yeah. Like, were you kind of embedded into what your parents were listening to more than what was going on as you were growing up? Or were you kind of like, you know, yeah, navigating both worlds at the same time? Yeah, that's a great question. I like thinking back to that time, there were definitely a few bands that I was into, you know, like from that garage rock revival sort of movement in the 2000s. You couldn't avoid the Strokes or the White Stripes or the Vines or the Hives or all, all those bands like. And they were awesome. I was digging that. I was also just like a a little twerp when it came to just being like, oh, everything after like 1974 sucks. Like, I'm kind of so wrong. It's like, (laughs) I know, right? You know, maintain that mentality. I had a group of friends that were kind of like that too. And we had a band. And, uh, you know, we listened to the doors and smoke pot and, you know, just. (laughs) It was like pretended like we were in the 70s, I guess. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I always felt like I was kind of a weirdo, too, because I'm kind of a music snob and just like what I listen to. But then anything that sounded like it was from the stuff that my dad listened to was what I gravitated to a lot more. And for sure, you know, even now, like just in my in my 20s, like I was going back and listening to stuff from the 70s and just being like things that I missed from that he didn't expose me to. Like I was more interested in what was in the past and what was, you know, in the present. And, yeah. And I wonder if it's, you know, I guess it's, it's kind of similar because what you're, you're brought up with for us, if you're, you know, you're immersed in that sound, that's kind of what your brain is connected to. And that's what, you yeah. know, you always fall back on. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, I just, I feel like the production style is sort of what I'm in love with from that era. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of artists carrying that forward into the current day without anything sounding stale it's just warm the 90s were kind of a um brighter (laughs) metallic sort of you know like and again that music isn't bad it's just different you know i love a lot of the hip-hop from that era i love a lot of music from that era you know like um back is one of my favorite artists oh yeah uh stereo lab is awesome you know just like there's lots of killer stuff but like the thing about analog recording i like is just you know it just sounds warm 
and sort of mellow and like hits my brainstem in a certain way. And also just the equipment is, is fun to use for me. It's just something I enjoy. I enjoy using it and it sounds the way I want it to sound without having to work too hard. And it's just what I happen to like, you know, there's no wrong way, which is beautiful. (laughs) I heard you mention that Tommy, the movie, Tommy blew your mind as a teen in another interview. Oh yeah, man. I, uh, was like seven and I remember my dad was like watching like VH1 or something. This is like in 1995 when they still they used played to play the movie like, all the yeah, they played yeah, that movie all the time on VH1. Like movies that rock on yes, VH1. Yes. Tommy was on. I was like, "Holy crap, like what is this?" You know, cuz he was freaking out cuz he hadn't seen it in a long time. And you know, he had probably had a couple pops and so he was like super excited about it and just like you know, like Tina Turner's in that movie and Eric Clapton's in that movie and Jack Nicholson's in that movie. And it's just Elton John. And it's like, whoa, like people actually do that. Like this, like the epitome of cool, you know, all the stuff, you know, it's like people getting dressed up and there's rock and roll and just like, it was infectious, you know? And I love that record too. The recordings they made for the movie are their own thing, but the actual... 1969 recording is one of my favorite records to this day. So, yeah. So you mentioned anyways, in high school, um, was that your first band or what was your first band that you played in? Yeah. Me and my buddies from around the corner made a a garage band and like, I had my dad take me to guitar center and get like a pro keyboard. It was a Roland RS nine, which like is kind of a piece of trash. But it was like, you know, it had like a thousand different sounds and you could plug it into an amp. It was like a step above Casio with the speakers in it. And uh, <laughs> it wasn't cheap either. So grateful to have parents who could, you know, take me to Guitar Absolutely. Center to do that. It was called the Whitewater Stills, which I guess was sort of like we'd all seen Almost Famous. And, yep. you know, that was kind of a riff off of that. I don't know. We were like a garage rock classic rock band we really sucked and i sang lead vocal before my voice changed and it was <laughs> just like i sounded really good before my voice changed <laughs> and then i started a band called the reverend funk connection uh or my homies started it before i joined and i was like you guys don't know what funk is i'm gonna join this band and write all the songs me and the saxophone player lucas had like a feud because he was trying to be the leader of the band and I was trying to be the leader of the band. It was so cute, you know, (laughs) we were just so bad. But that band actually had uh, James Krifchenia, who's now in Big Thief, was the drummer for that band, which is a funny uh, tidbit I don't think I've ever mentioned. Now, was that that the band that you... toured with was it uh bb king's nephew or was it money, some somebody's nephew oh, muddy or waters son? jr yeah he was the oldest son of muddy waters and he was basically a muddy waters impersonator and i mean he was actually the son of muddy waters and this guy from oak park who also managed my band reverend funk connection managed <laughs> muddy waters jr <laughs> And like <laughs> said that he had Muddy take a, a DNA test. I don't know if that's true, but uh, <laughs> he was the oldest son of Muddy Waters. Like it was an illegitimate situation. 
it was just bizarre in every way. But like, it was my first pro gig because we like flew to San Francisco and oh, wow. played like a festival in Switzerland. And it was like real bread. And I'd be playing in blues clubs every night. And this is when I was like 18. And so that was how I got my foot in to like the blues scene in Chicago. When did uh, The Herd start? Or how did that band form? The Herd was a band that my buddy Taras started with Mike Starr, who's the bass player in my band now. They started that like years before I joined and they had been playing a, a weekly residency at this place called Alive One, right down the street from Kings and Mines, one of those blues clubs. They were playing like some heavy grooves and I was like, oh man, I want to get in this band. And so I was like, you know, at their shows, like wasted every Thursday <laughs> night and I'd be like, you guys got to let me jam with you. I don't know. I guess I like talked my way into getting into a rehearsal. And then, you know, there was a situation in which um, the guy who was currently on keys was, you know, at, his, at a point in his career, he was like literally a professional scientist, you know. Oh, wow. I think he might have had a PhD. He was a very, very intelligent dude and a great keyboard player. But he was at a point where like, you know, the herd was going to tour and they needed somebody who was going to be down. So I took the keyboard spot and I started writing a lot of music at that time too for that band that album yeah josh turned us on to that album it's so good oh because i I saw the band mentioned somewhere uh, about you and looked on spotify and there it was i gotta testify about your love I was hoping you guys had put out a vinyl at some point because I was going to buy it on Bandcamp. But um, send me your address, man. I've got boxes of that. <laughs> nice. Okay. Nice. We will definitely. Sweet. We will all probably buy a copy of that because yeah. that that totally. album is. If you like funk, that that album is great. It's oh, it's cool. fantastic. I'm glad somebody's listening to it. Yeah, man. That was like <laughs> was, a huge. That's how we met Sergio, the guy who produced my first and yeah, second from Oregon, right? Mm-hmm. I got to see Orgon twice when I was living out in Kansas. I think they opened for Galactic both times I saw Galactic, and they were so good. So killing. I had Killy on floor already, mm-hmm. but their, their live show is just like insane. Congratulations on your sobriety. You know, what was, if you don't mind us asking, if you don't want to answer it, we, you know, we'll cut this out. It's all good. What was the moment where you realized that you had, it, it was, there was time for it? Ah, oh, man. I mean, there were so many times. I don't know. It just got to the point where it was like too painful to exist. And it was really like the choice had already been made for me in a way. It sounds weird, but it just got really bad. And fortunately, there were people around to connect with you know, that could steer me in the right direction. And it was just a circumstance. I got lucky. So, well, we're all glad that you, you know, you came out. And me too, man. You are here, man. 
you know, the music that came out of it, is, you know. Yeah, it's real. It's like, affects a lot more people than I thought, you know, before I went through it myself. So. And your album, uh, Changes, which you mentioned, were most of those songs like a look back at, you know, your past experiences dealing with your addiction or, or some of them? Or? Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, at the time it was pretty fresh. And so that was mainly what I was writing about. But also it was just about like the relationships. And that continued to be like sort of my main area of improvement <laughs> that needed to happen uh, for years into my sobriety. And it's still a work in progress, yeah. but I feel so much better in my relationships with people, both, you know, my intimate partner and just the rest of the people in my life yeah. is like focusing less on the next thing I want to do for myself is and just being aware of other people at all because it really is uh it was I had to learn it from square one <laughs> but yeah life is good now it's awesome today yeah. it is yeah yeah hey it's day by day uh, you yeah. know for everybody right. so right you know speaking of the album changes you know which we said we, we all love you know you recently put out an EP of demos I think it's just called changes demos mm -hmm. it was pretty evident from those demo versions of those four songs you put out that Alan Toussaint was a huge influence on you. And the album itself is a huge 70s New Orleans throwback. Like, you know, the minute I put it on, it was like Alan Toussaint, Dr. John, The Meters, like yeah. that was what I was hearing, which is, you know, a huge compliment for the fact that you could reproduce that at such a high level where I was like, this could be, an, you know, any one of those guys' songs. That's a huge compliment. Yeah. Thank you. Was it a conscious decision like to to go that route or was it just at that time when you were writing the songs that was what was coming out that sound was what was coming out yeah I don't know if I ever really set out to make a you know the song this time was like okay this is a tribute to Alan for sure I pulled out all the stops on that stylistically to try and emulate him and sing like him because I noticed that he was also someone who had been unsure of his voice for a long time using his strengths with melody, like writing melodies for himself that he could sing and doubling up his voice. I was like, okay, if he can do that, I can do that. And, you know, just listening to people like Leon Russell or JJ Kale, you know, and just like, if like these guys aren't crooners like Luther Van Ross, you know, but they can, they can still sound sexy and cool and get their point across in a really compelling way. So it gave me the courage to try and sing because prior to that I hadn't. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of influences that I had just carried for a long time that came out on that record. Curtis Mayfield and Sly and Billy Preston and, you know, J.J. Kale, like I said, Alan, for sure. Alan's like, you know, my hero. But this new record I've been working on is a, a different set of influences. The production sort of carries through. I did it all on tape. Actually, Changes was a hybrid tape digital project, and this most recent project was completely on tape. It's going to be a different record, but, you know, I think the same people who dig Alan Toussaint also listen to other music. So, you know, they'll like this record, hopefully. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that because now in my mind, I will not be expecting Changes Part 2. I'm excited well, to hear what you're putting out. I know that if you guys dig it, I'll be okay, you know, because... <laughs> You We're can, open to it, all that, yeah. all that kind of vibe. Yeah, no, sure. I, I love it. I think that we did our best work as a band. Awesome. And everybody worked their asses off. I'm proud of the songs. And I'm really excited to share it. 
I don't know what's going to happen with it, honestly. You know, everybody could think it's trash, but you can listen to something else if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least buy it and give it a spin once. So, you know, yeah, exactly. we're going to support you. Just buy you. it. Just buy it. <laughs> Use it as a lazy Susan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But these years I'm crying It's our time That I paid the price So that the next time Maybe I'll think twice There's some sort of timeless uh, attraction to that music, and there's a lot of ways to expand on it. And I really hope that people dig this new record, but you know, I feel like it's just an expansion of stuff I like, and I like it. Yeah, man, definitely. I had a, a question related to your current living situation, but mostly because it's kind of a reflection of, of who you are. I'd seen an interview, Rich Conversations, oh, yeah. and you were inside the Parsonage house, and I just, you know, we were kind of curious, like, you explain how it's kind of this, it seems to me like an analog artist paradise. And I'm in the studio. I've got the right one inch tape machine behind me. Nice. And the uh, outboard rack is to the right of that machine. And then the mixing console is next to that. I've got two other tape machines as well. There's the Otari half inch eight track and then the Tascam 388 8 track. And then this part of the room is just my living room. So it was like oh, nice. the control room, it used to be the dining room. And since like September of last year, it's been the control room. And then there's a uh, snake running through the laundry chute to the basement where we've got the live room set up. And so it's, it's pretty dope, honestly, but it it's is awesome. pretty weird too. Cause I don't really have like a lounge area or anything like that. I'm always like in the studio, <laughs> uh, like there's a harpsichord over here. There's not a lot of space. There's a lot of keyboards. There's a lot of records, a lot of books. Nice. And then there's a lot of furniture from like my parents' house, you know? Yeah. And, and like, uh, my buddy, Sammy Sharif and, uh, his artistic collaborator, Matt Bones, they're part of a uh, collective called Bone Lang. You should check out. They came over okay. and did their first analog session on Monday. And they were like, yo, this place yeah. couldn't be more on brand, you know, if you tried. <laughs> I was yeah. like, it's just my stuff, you know. <laughs> I only have stuff that I like around. Right. And so I feel bad for Colin sometimes, my roommate, drummer. Oh, is he, like, by the way, he's he's fantastic drummer. Oh, he's God. amazing, I love man. I love his yeah, playing. Sure. And he's yeah. on my my new record. Nice. Good. Great. And he's my roommate. And, uh, you know, he helped me not go crazy during the pandemic, early days Good. of the quarantine. But, yeah, like, this is, I feel like he really lives in my world. And I'm like, <laughs> I wonder if he's bummed about that. Because, it's like, yeah. we have, like... Our stuff is down here, like his stereo from his grandparents is here and he's got all his records over there and we bought a DJ rig together. So our turntables nice. are over there too, but it's like, it's like kind of an overload of Neil, Neil. Presence. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Just curious, what's the uh, status of the church? Because I saw on Hey, It's Neil Francis, your Facebook show, you had mentioned that the church was up for sale. Uh, thanks for asking. Yeah. Uh, thanks for watching. Hey, it's Neil Francis, by the way. Yeah, the church is on the market and I'm, I'm not really sure where that's at. I've kind of accepted that this was always going to be temporary, but mm-hmm. I think the word is it might be another sort of community organization purchasing the building. So at least now it looks like the building will remain here. And so... Uh- Previously, it might have been like a developer situation mm, in which yeah. the building might be torn down, which was going to be really sad just because it's a beautiful structure, too. So, yeah, I didn't even expect to be here this long. So I'm like, every day is just a huge gift, but I'm sure I'll set up shop somewhere else. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about your uh, the cover you did of uh, Parliament's Come In Out of the Rain. Oh, hell yeah. Came, yeah, yeah. It's killer. So, uh, I loved it. Thank you. on the spread the vote compilation everyone should go check that out it was a very cool compilation i got it on Bandcamp. it was like 60 tracks on sweet there. i'll check that out too i don't think i knew about that yeah mm. it's not, it, it fit perfectly a lot of like political themed you know election themed stuff but um I, I never knew of that song it seems like a pretty deep cut like how did you know of that song yeah, so we're on tour with the Pumas, and I had uh, Taryn Ector and Sam Halterman as my rhythm section. They're in the band Orgone. And Taryn, both of those guys just have really insanely cutty like music tastes and were turning me on to stuff left and right. But yeah, Taryn threw that on, and I was just like, oh, man, like, what is this? This is like the dopest chord progression just like this sounds so epic i couldn't believe it was parliament it was the first parliament record it was released yeah, probably yeah osmium yeah. which yeah. i never knew about it came out like Neither, yeah yeah <laughs> six years before up for the downstroke which i thought was their first record yeah right. that whole record is just slamming it's like it's more like funkadelic than the later parliament stuff it's yeah. just like heavier kind of more psychedelic but yeah, Taryn turned me on to that. And then it just seemed really appropriate given the civil unrest that was happening. And totally. It was just wild here when that was going on, man. So I had to open, yeah. It was everywhere. It's a great cover. Anyone who's listening, you can just look it up on YouTube. And the video is very cool as well. You guys recorded that live just yeah. straight, straight up or? Yeah. Yeah. It's thank I you. That. Like, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Wolfpack. As is Steve, and so I love the yeah, fact. For sure. that I love those videos and th- those types of things where it's like these these guys are just so rock solid that they're recording yeah. and recorded live, 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 live. no overdubs, just and printed out, baby. So well, we just uh, you know what? It's the same thing. I think probably their style of video production, which I've, I'm a huge fan of, but it's like they couldn't afford to do anything super slick, you know? So it's just sure. like, all right, we got to do this ourselves. Set so up a got- couple iPhones. I think for coming out of the rain, though, we probably had Lena, who's our photographer, Lena Rod, Estonian celebrity. You should, you should look <laughs> her up. 
I'm not even joking. Yeah. She's like a, a real, she's like one of the most famous people in Estonia. And she just lives in Chicago Sony's got it going and is on, a photographer. They <laughs> got the whole like e-vote and everything there. Yeah, there? no, she she ran for parliament in Estonia. It's like oh, great. Wow. That's wow. a whole nother podcast you should it's do awful. with her. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, she's, she's great. And she just brought her camera over. You know, we learned how to use Premiere over the pandemic cool. and it's really fun editing video and now i've got uh upgraded to uh 1987 nice. vhs <laughs> technology so. yeah, I heard you had two vhs right dude yeah. i've just oh yeah we have dual vhs because kellen has the <laughs> Do you like an old school switcher camera. like those crazy like analog switchers oh dude well no it's usually like i'm holding one and kellen's holding the other and then we just splice the footage together. Splice it later. That's awesome. Um, Very cool. Yeah, he has the exact same camera randomly. There was a minute where I was like, oh, are people going to think we're going after this Wolfpack vibe? And it's like, it's just because we have to do it this way. You know, <laughs> theirs look super cool. Yeah, well, you know, they've had, what, 10 years of doing it. And like yeah. Jack Stratton's been doing that kind of stuff since he was in college. So. I mean, it's yeah. genius. A genius. Yes. The dude is a, yes. a legit genius. Uh, yeah. Steve and I have seen them twice like that. Oh. Five, I think I tweeted out at one point. I'm like, if you open for them, it would be like, it would just, be a good combo. Yeah, I don't think great. they need open. They don't do openers, man. Well, they have, they have, they have Joey Dosick open. Like they have their own yeah, guys. They like, have their like open. bandmates open. <laughs> and Joey's a talented cat, man. He, uh, oh, yes, he is. He's come through the Chicago electric piano company a few times. And I, I always yeah. managed to miss those instances. I'd, I'd love to meet him, but, uh, yeah, it's like those guys just, figured out how to do everything in house and really take control for themselves. And it takes someone with a real entrepreneurial spirit, like Jack, who's also a musical genius. I'm just so blown away by that guy. It's like unfair how, <laughs> how much of a genius he is just like with all the little tricks and all the little like ideas he's, he's had for the business side of things for them. And you know, they, they're really doing well for themselves. So it's, it's yeah. inspiring for sure. We have to ask you about Topo Chico. Sure. We are all drinking, <laughs> except we were hoping all four of us would be drinking Man, it. But I wish I had one. I went through <laughs> all You got an empty mine. bottle. Maybe we'll take a picture and we'll, we'll put it on IG or something like That'd that. That'd be great. I'll um, find one. I mean, you literally, you talk about them, you, you know, almost everything you've done. And what is the story behind that? Like, are you actually sponsored by them? Because, like, you were giving away stuff on the Hey, It's Neil Francis show. So, I, you know, and you have, I think you have a giant cooler or you have a, one of those refrigerators, like, in your in your place or something like that. Yeah, we're sponsored. They, I mean, nice. it, it happened because my manager is, like, really good at what he does. He got their local rep, like, artist rep contact info when we did the jam in the van thing. Oh yeah, and yeah, Topo yeah, is that. an affiliate yeah. of that, and right. so like Brendan is just like Brendan's like a bulldog. He'll, he'll just like relentlessly pursue yes. any opportunity until it comes to fruition, or it's just like a clear no. And then <laughs> so mm -hmm. like I think he just sort of pursued that until it became reality, and it was like, all right, we're making content for Topo. It's hard to kick back and relax these days. Cause we live on a planet that's dying We can't leave our homes, we live our lives through our phones And the president's always lying Maybe tomorrow you'll end it all But today you'll make it through Cause when you open the fridge a top of Chico Way 
And it's, it's very loose at this point, but like shout out to Leo and uh, Ulysses, who are the two guys in Chicago who drive the topo truck. But they, they always come by like whenever we're doing a studio session, whenever we're filming a video or really whenever we ask and just drop off nice. a bunch of topo. It's pretty rad because, you know, I don't drink beer. So it's nice to be able to. It's got that texture. And- yeah. Just slam a cold one. I'd yeah. never heard of it before I saw you, you you know, put it. I don't really shop at Whole Foods. And Steve was like, oh, yeah, they had it at Whole Foods all the time. Dude. Like, I had no idea. Yeah, and I for, try it. And I loved it. And for anyone who doesn't know, it's it's Mexican mineral water that's been around for, what, like over 100 years, right? Yeah. Something like that? It's the best, so, except no substitutes. It's, it's so good. No. I don't. <laughs> I certainly don't. Becoming a favorite. Topo Chico. Glass. <laughs> <laughs> the finest um, bubbles in the biz. I mean, we had fun. Yeah, we always did the tangerine rollout. Everybody in the band is a ham. When they're like, oh, yeah, you, you should do something for our tangerine rollout. Immediately, I was like, we should do a cover of Led Zeppelin's tangerine. Yes, tangerine. yes. And then that was they great. told us that's that a, yeah. that's what they wanted us to do. And I was like, <laughs> oh, of course. That's low-hanging fruit of an idea. That, that, was, that was great. Please do it. At the end of almost every show, we talk about music that we're listening to. Uh, we like to ask our guests the same thing. So, Neil, what are the three bands or artists that you've been digging lately? I just turned on my girlfriend to uh, Eddie Kendricks. Oh, nice. nice. Eddie Kendricks is awesome. Temptations, yeah. He used to, yeah, he was the lead singer of the Temptations, and he his solo record, uh, or People Hold On, is like his 1972 album with him on the cover in like a tuxedo. Side A of that record stands up against like any of Stevie's stuff from that era. It's wow. just wow. he wasn't he wasn't writing it, but it was just like the production is amazing, you know, just mind blowingly good. I'm actually just I just throw everything that I like onto. Wait, that's play that Spotify playlist. What I'm is it? What, where I'm where coming, I'm coming from? from? I just put everything on there. What did I put on here the other day? The Sol Sol Orchestra. I don't know if they're from Chicago or not, but they have a song called Chicago Bus Stop. It's just like this relentlessly grooving tune that I've been thinking of a lot.
always listening to like Nile Rogers stuff. So like Chic and, and Sister Sledge. found out about this band called Fantasy mm-hmm. 15. They're like they had a 45 they released that my buddy Kyle Hodges was spinning. There's a, a track called Fame or Life by them. Neil, we really thank you for coming on to the show. This is really, a, a, truly an honor for us. We, like I said, we're huge fans. We, you know, hope we can see you live soon. I know you posted a few shows recently, but uh, what can people who want to come see you or want to hear from you uh, look forward to this summer and beyond? We have a lot of gigs getting booked. We're in the shed. We're working hard. We've got a lot of gigs booked, a lot of festivals yeah. coming up. Lollapalooza in Chicago, Outside Lands, Bonnaroo is happening apparently, like Jazz Fest, all sorts of stuff. So, you know, very excited. And then next year, like, you know, we're looking at Europe for the first time because, you know, (laughs) right? hopefully. And, and, you know, again, we hope you come out to the East Coast, New York metro area. We We will. will. We will, for sure. We will definitely be out for those shows. And you said new album should be dropping sometime later this year. Yeah, for sure. I can't say officially. That's okay. Our new label is also in New York, so you know, and I love nice. New York City, so just we're gonna be there a lot. Hook, hook it up. Um, and also, you know, where can people find you on social media and on the other parts of the interwebs? Social media, Neil Francis Music is my Instagram, same Twitter handle, and then uh, you know, Facebook. I exist. Just Neil Francis with an A. N-E-A-L-F-R-A-N-C-I-S because there's another N-E-I-L-F-R-A-N-C-E-S which is also worth checking out but uh, not me. Uh, Neil, thank you again so much for coming on. This has been a a true honor. We, like I said, we're big fans. You'll probably be mentioned Almost every episode, I think. Yeah, there's oh, Joe's got, oh, he's got a side yeah, That's me. I did, I actually he's got the side that. copy. I remember doing that. I wish I had known it was for you. I would have said something nice. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, if we see you live, we'll all bring our, we'll our, bring bring our vinyl yeah. copies. Right. Like it's it's much more on there. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> awesome. you know, re- really, again, thank you so much, yeah, man. Thank you. And thank you for the music. And I'll draw um, rude pictures on them. I would love that. Yeah. And we do look forward to what you're going to be putting out soon. And, you know, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job, man. And we love it. Thanks, dudes. I had such a good time. It's like really, really um, fills me with gratitude to, you know, know you guys are out here digging it.
So now's the time of the show where we choose three songs that we're listening to. Josh, why don't you start it off? Recently, I was listening to WFMU during their recent pledge drive. You know, it's great stuff to listen to anyway, but their their pledge drive time is usually all over the place and they got some great stuff going on. And while I was driving, this song came on that I'd never heard of, which is typical of when I'm listening to WFMU, uh, (laughs) but it was freaking awesome. And I'd immediately had to Shazam it while I'm driving. And it turned out it was a song called What Gives by a band called Radio Birdman. was like this is amazing and the next day i went back and went on spotify and checked them out and they're like a 70s punk band from australia i don't know if they put anything out any time recently i know that their photo on spotify is pretty recent but they got some great stuff on there so if you like and it's like more of like a stooges punk vibe it's not like you know that straight punk punk vibe it's got that kind of blues garage rock aspect to it with 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 a bit of a hard edge but this song what gives is absolutely just like fantastic and i recommend everyone to just go and just check that thing out yeah when you posted it i listened right away and i was really into it so i'm gonna revisit it again for sure yeah same here i i always heard of them and i know that their name comes from a stooges song but actually it's not like the lyric that they thought it was Mm. it's pretty funny their band name because in the one in um 1970 iggy's like it sounds like he's saying radio birdman but he's saying like something else. So it's pretty funny. They named their band after like a wrong lyric. I think <laughs> that's pretty amazing. They just, it's a cool it name better. though. It's a great band name. It is. better. I have to really listen to more of their stuff for sure. Yeah. I, th- this song, I think you you got to play it on your show, Joe, because it's yeah, like, it's I think it would fit perfect. Yeah. So the next uh, track that, you know, I, I've been digging lately is from another band I had never heard about before. Um, and during the March Bandcamp Friday, do what I normally do, which is to try to figure out what kind of vinyl I can buy off of Bandcamp. Because while I like downloading digital, I know there's less of a chance I'm going to listen to it than <laughs> with, the, with the vinyl. And so they actually had a list of bands that their critic recommends or somebody was yeah. recommending, you know, albums to buy, you know, that the best of Bandcamp, basically. And this band called Raining Sound, their new album kind of popped up. And even though it's not out yet, the title track, which is called A Little More time and the forthcoming album which is called a little more time with raining sound just kind of grab me but you don't hear the needle before you so there's some place you'd rather be and honey don't tell me because i can read between the lines and i'm just asking for a little more time reconsider if it You know, it's kind of like a, a poppy, you know, pop rock song with a, you know, southern, you know, rock twang in there. It's got, you know, organ mm. in there. You know, it was very catchy and it just kind of grabbed me. And so I went back and, you know, listened to all their, some of their earlier stuff, which is fantastic as well. I think they're out of Memphis. Joe, you mentioned that you've heard about them, you know, before. 
Yeah, I knew them through Tom Sharpling in The Best Show. Mm. He always talked about raining sound. I think they even did the theme song to The Best Show. I beg you, please, I beseech you, play the theme, would you? Ones who do it, yeah. Um, That's Greg cool. Cartwright is the the main yeah, guy, yeah. and I think he's been in some other bands too. Oh yeah, the the Oblivions. I think is another band. He was like the, Tom Sharpling's always talking about him and like praising mm. him so much. I always listen to a little bit of their. I think early on they're a little more harder stuff. Mm-hmm. I think the yeah. new albums, like you're saying, more like pop. You know, yeah, pop rock kind of. It's definitely it's you know it's nothing like that would grab your attention like oh my god this is the greatest thing ever. It's definitely kind of like a retread you know, feel, but it's just a, it's a solid tune. And, you know, Mm. as you guys know, I'm very picky. So when I hear something that I like, I usually, you know, (laughs) gravitate towards it. It's a cool band Uh, name too, no matter what. It is. Yeah. Two good band names that you've picked so far. (laughs) And uh, the last uh, track I've been listening to is on the same band camp Friday in March. I found, I was going through Daptones, you know, records, uh, what see what was available. And the new Menahan street band album was I guess recently released or they, you know, it was a pre-order or something. Uh, it's called the exciting sounds of the Menahan street band. So I bought a copy came almost right away. So I was happy about that. And for those of you who don't know who the Menahan street band are there, if you know, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, there's a few members from that band who are in this band. And it's pretty much what you'd expect from Dap tone records, uh, which is, you know, retro soul funk instrumental music. And, um, you know, very similar to their other Daptone Records brethren, you know, be it Budo's band, Sharon Jones and Dap Kings were out. You're going to get great music no matter what. It's consistently good. There's like no bad stuff on there. No. You know, it may not be the greatest music, but it's solid. Yeah. One of the tunes uh, that I really like from the album is called The Duke. It's one of the more up-tempo tunes. It's super funky, and it has a really cool organ sound on the opening riff. Even if you aren't really super into it or you may not play, it's great music to put on for a party, great music, to, to, I think, to work to. They're just great players. Even though they're technically not on Daptone, they're on this other, there's on a subsidiary called Durham. This is a label. Those labels are ones that I always try to back because they are fantastic musicians. They are artists who do everything right. They put out great music, and they're about the music, not, you know, about making profit obviously they want to make money but like it's about putting out quality sound so you know definitely oh, yeah. check out the menahan street band check out you know daptone records in general and and what oh yeah it's good to deep dive in that yeah so steve what have you been listening to 
All right. So this is actually something that came. I actually don't know how it came into my peripheral, but it's a band that has been on my radar, but I never dove deep. Death from Above 1979. You guys know them at all? I've heard of them. Okay. I've heard of them a bunch and I was like, they're, they're on my list. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to them. I've heard at times they kind of have been compared to Queens in the Stone Age, but they're definitely not as stonery and as, as grungy as Queens of the Stone Age, at least from what I've heard in the, in the other songs. But this song is called One Plus One. has this really great groove specifically this song actually to me sounded extremely glam rock and almost had a slight knot to the strokes like there was some julian like casablanca's vocally things happening in the song but i don't know i i don't know what to expect they they have a reputation for being a really good live band i know that yeah but otherwise i'm completely in the dark but this song like i've been listening to like at least a couple times a day and it's it's been great they had a lot of hype and like 2000 and something six right seven right seven yeah eight, like one like, of the earlier albums i know had been like big and i have i know the song uh, black history month was like their big song yeah and i i have that on my itunes that that was a really cool track but i think they were gone for a while i think they had like a long absence it seems so. like yeah so this might be like from a new album not sure mm-hmm. but i'm gonna i'm gonna take a more deep dive you know it's it's good and then the the next track was this is weird how these things happen, but I think it's like emblematic of our current social media age. I had seen an Instagram ad probably a month ago for this band, and it was the, just the cover of this album. And I was like, who is this? But I, I didn't pay any mind. I almost kind of like flipped through it. It might have even been in like an Instagram story. And then I had seen an Instagram story that had this snippet of a song in it. And I listened to the song and I really dug it. And then... <laughs> Somebody in the uh, vinyl group, one of the vinyl groups I'm in on Facebook, posted the vinyl itself. And he posted a song that wasn't the song that I heard. And I listened to that and I really liked it. <laughs> so the band is called Alton Goon or Alton Gun. Not 100% sure. They're basically from Amsterdam. I think they're singing every song in Turkish. <laughs> but then they could be singing songs in other languages. I'm not sure. But the vibe is definitely like Turkish meets um what did i say uh they they say it's turkish anatolian rock and mixed with like a a turkish folk so there's like this i don't know it's it's again similar to like the sven wonder vibe where it's yeah completely from another country but still has a great groove very throwback 70s sounding this song actually was the one that i think i'd sent to joe Cause I was like, same thing. This would be a really good, like music yes. bed or just whatever. Music bed, yes. Yeah. For sure. And it's just, it's, it's similar to the stuff on Daptone where it's like, you, you want to put this kind of stuff on while you're working or while you're just mm. doing, you know, art or who knows, like, you know, you're just taking it easy on the night. A lot of the songs seem to be like half instrumental, half song, but yeah, the song is called Mecca Yolari.
always love when random things like that happen. When you find a band randomly, whether right? it's just like you're yeah. just doing your own research, or you stumble upon them and you see an ad and you click on the ad and you're like, oh my god, this band is great, or whatever, and it just feels more natural and it just feels like oh, it's kind of you have almost like a, almost a, like a bit of an ownership or it's just like a you know almost like yes. a, a private thing and you have a, a, a more deeper relationship to it so you might like hold on to it a little bit longer and it might mean more to you than like you know everyone talking about this band and you kind of like oh yeah it's, it's good it's you know totally yeah definitely so. yeah no that's the one thing is like i didn't see a ton of like reviews for it i after i heard these songs i searched them out but it was yeah it was like a very organic diy people just liking it and that same thing i like feel like that's more legit so it's i'm excited to hear more and then the last song is from the vinyl collection i was super excited to stumble upon this one of the things that you know we we realize we learn over time is that there are people that like are honest about certain bands or certain artists and we're like i'll get to it i'll get to it like it just hasn't hit for me so joe had told me about fugazi repeater repeatedly when we worked together on gigs like he would just be like If, if he could recommend like 10 bands to me that I didn't know, like Fugazi was like one or two for sure. Yeah, definitely. Right. And like, so I listen to Repeater all the time, but I didn't go crazy for it. And I think it was the same thing you're talking about, Josh, with like when you have it on vinyl, it just means like that much more. So yeah. I had seen an, a Bandcamp Friday email from Fugazi. I had followed them with the intention to buy Repeater. And I think Ian had tweeted about it. He's like, by the way, 13 songs, special edition red vinyl is for sale. Like basically go for it on Bandcamp Friday. And I emailed to Joe. I'm like, like jump on this. Right. And like, I jumped on it enough that like I bought it before it sold out. And then Joe had the situation where he like put it in his cart and it like was sold out, but then it came back and he like snagged it. But yeah, there was one, one left. Yeah. It was weird. It was sold out and then it wasn't sold out. And there was one and I jumped on, I was all excited. So yes. Perfect, so perfect timing, perfect timing. Yes. And so I, I got it, let's say a couple weeks ago, and I've been listening to both albums like a lot. And I'm just mad at myself because I didn't, like I told Joe, I would have liked this band a lot. I would have probably loved this band in high school. This would have been yeah. something that I would have listened to all the time. And I'm pissed at myself because no one in high school like that I knew of was into it. I'm like, where's my friends that would have introduced this band to me? And so it's... It is what it is. It happened. But um, the song, I love the whole album, but the song Bad Mouth is definitely like not as quite as well known, but it's still like one of their top songs. So I just think it's great. It's everything about Ian McKay, the DIY vibe, the the way that the, the label is set up. Joe's, you know. I just think there's Ian McKay and Fugazi's story is like the most fast, one of the most fascinating things. Like I feel that way about James Murphy and LCD sound system too. Like I, just, I can constantly keep watching YouTube videos, finding out more about them. Mm-hmm. With Fugazi, I mean, you hear from everybody. Eddie Vedder swears by them. I mean, Everyone like, says everybody good things. Everybody's like, oh, yeah. it's all about Fugazi. I mean, just Didn't, from... Didn't uh, Kurt Cobain write Fugazi on a shoe or something like that? And there's a picture of him with, like, on... Probably. 
I could see that. I didn't. I don't remember that, but he, I, I would definitely. I know Dave Grohl. You know, swears by yeah. Mackay. You know, so they just have. A, there's a lot there, but I'm glad Steve's uh, finally yeah. into it. Josh is next. I've not. I've not. I've not got. <laughs> not I, a, I've been, you'll be down. Like I, I don't have. You know, it's, I have nothing against them. I know they're very influential. <laughs> I just haven't dived deep into them, mainly because while they were on my radar, it's like again that style of music that I was not into when I was younger. Yeah. So I need to like. Sit down as you know an older. The drummer's older really person. good too. Maybe oh yeah. Listen. Well, yeah. some of the songs Josh too. Yeah, the drumming is phenomenal, and I think the production quality. I've been super impressed for a punk album. It's one of the best recorded punk albums. Yes, those two are phenomenally yeah, it's not, recorded. It's not real lo-fi. It's pretty no. good quality. Really good yeah. quality, and also some of the songs to me have almost like a reggae vibe to them, just yes. punkified. You know what yes. I mean? Mm. So you would you would you would be down, Josh, for sure. <laughs> That's yeah. our mission for That's our mission. 2021. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, for guys uh, back. Yeah, it's, it's, I'll definitely take a listen. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm open to listening. I may not like it as much, but I'll, I, you know, I'm not going to say that. They're very unique. I, yeah. They yeah. are. They for sure are. Yeah, yeah. It's not for everyone. Same thing, but. All right. So, and, and Joe, what have you been uh, digging lately? So, similar to Steve's story about somehow these things come across, you know, your peripheral and whether it's Instagram. I don't even remember how I found out about this band. Mm. I think it was through Bandcamp, but the band is called Floor. This song is called La Tribune des Trompettes. I found it, I think I said, I think on Bandcamp, it's a Dutch singer who teamed up with these guys, I think in Spain, but she sings in French. They're going for totally like the 60s French, Yee Yee, Francois Hardy, Bridget Bardot vibe. It Wait. sounds like straight out of like 1965. Mm. Um, super catchy single. I can't get the melody out of my head. Came up in late 2020. It's out on Bickerton Records, which is out of Spain. And I went to buy the vinyl, um, but the shipping was just way too much. I, I couldn't justify it. But now yeah. today, I saw on Instagram that there's going to be like a U.S. pressing of it. So nice. I'm cool. definitely going to look into that. And my second pick is a band that I discovered after discovering Floor. I went on Bickerton Records website mm. and I realized, oh, I think I'm going to like a lot of this stuff. Because you could see just from the album covers, it was mm -hmm. the same vibe. Very 60s garage and this other band is also on Bickerton called The Premonitions. Mm. And this is their latest single called She Took My Heart and Soul. Angeles garage rock band and uh, again super catchy this could totally be on the Nuggets compilation nice. so those two songs are really catchy I've been playing them a lot on my radio show 
And my third and last music pick for today is by Olivia Jean. She has a new split EP out on Third Man Records with April March. And it's pretty interesting. It's three songs that they each cover. Olivia sings in English and then April March does the same three songs and sings in French. Very, again, also the same vibe as Floor, like 60s. Very swing. Swinging, Rocky. think of like Austin Powers, you totally. know, everybody's yeah. swinging in the, yeah. you know, totally that, that vibe. I heard one of the songs on WFMU, I think it was on Susie Hot Rod's show, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but Olivia Jean, me and Steve actually caught the very end of her set. Yep. She was opening for Rack and Tours back in September at a Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. And we caught a little bit of, of that, but I, she has a lot of potential. I never like fully mm-hmm. got into her older stuff. She has a couple of cool singles, but definitely check out this one. This song is called uh, Punkette. Definitely like a, an artist that I've wanted to give a try because of the Third Man Records connection. And I wasn't blown away about her earlier stuff. Not There was a couple singles that I enjoyed, but I felt like a lot of it was super derivative where yeah. this is, it's creative. Like the, each song has its different flair, its different vibe and still has, they released a, a 45, I guess, of it, a single. And to me, it's perfectly built for that. Like you'd want to almost like flip it multiple times. I, I also ordered the uh, seven inch on uh, Bandcamp. Mm. I was going to just download the digital. I was like, ah, oh, for five more bucks, it's, you can get the yeah. the seven inch. So yeah, it's very cool. Good deal. Thanks for listening to this episode and a huge thanks to Neil Francis for coming on to our show and talking with us. It truly was an honor for us to have that conversation with him. And we hope that you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed having it. You can also find more information about him, including upcoming tour dates, by going to neilfrancis.com. Again, his name is spelled N-E-A-L-F-R-A-N-C-I-S. Speaking of which, all three of us plan on being at Neil's show at the Mercury Lounge in New York City this September. So if you live in the area, we definitely hope to see you there. And if you have never listened to any of Neil's stuff, do yourself a favor and head over to your local streaming service and check out his music. We cannot say this enough. It's great. Please go check him out. You will not be disappointed. We'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast and tell your fellow music-loving dads or moms or anyone to check it out. And if this is your first time listening to the show, we hope you'll check out our previous episodes. Also, whether this is your first time or your 15th time listening to the show, and you like or even love what you've heard, we'd love for you to rate and review the podcast. Not only will it be informative to us, but it does really help promote the show. We can be found on Instagram and Twitter at DadRocksPod, as well as on Facebook by searching up DadRocks! 
If you have any questions, comments, or any show ideas for us, or just want to give us a shout, you can email us at dadrockspod at gmail.com. Also, we have a Spotify playlist of all the music you have heard on the podcast today, which should be linked in the podcast description. Finally, our next episode will mark the one-year anniversary of this podcast. And to celebrate that occasion, we have another really special guest lined up. So be on the lookout for that next month. Thanks again for listening. And remember, dads, you rock.